Okay. Thank you so much. Again, like, I think I say to people that come on the show and I'm like, thank you. I always say thank you because it's so busy and with everything happening, like, no mm -hmm. one, I understand when people, like, they're just not in the space for it. So, yeah, no. perfect. So, first of all, guys, I'm so sorry. I always start the podcast by just talking. I always forget, like, no, this is actually a podcast, so I need to introduce it. Uh, hi, guys. Thank you for 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 listening um i know it's been a while and it's it's been a it's, it's been a while i know please forgive me um i'm back with another episode uh please can you introduce yourself yes um so i'm fifi on instagram i'm fifi underscore london and i am the director at london beauty agency ah uh, thank you fifi how are you doing i'm good i'm good um working from home is actually quite normal for me yeah so yeah I'm quite this is not such a drastic change to my lifestyle in terms of working you know from home um our agency don't have a an office space so what yeah. we do is sort of like link up at um top London spots and for posh brunches and just people need to move so this is uh, life you see yeah. life so we're either you know we're either sort of like working on our dining tables or going out for, for lunch or dinner somewhere See, I don't mind it like the whole working from home like like you're saying I think for some people it's a norm for me mm. it started being a norm after I had my son a lot of I started to find try to look for jobs that were at home work or like taking my taking my skills like home and freelancing yeah. so I've been doing that for a while and I don't I actually do not mind it like I didn't mind it before so it wasn't like it wasn't you know everyone when it was locked down it was like you have to work from home panic mm -hmm. I'm just like this is it's a norm do you think mm -hmm. do you think it's going to be the future for most businesses now I do actually and I'm um, I'm hearing a lot about um so businesses in in places like Soho mm -hmm. Selling their properties um, or um, you know terminating their lease contracts um, and letting their employees work from from home you know indefinitely. Um, so it, initially it was you know because they pay quite a lot for those offices. And, yeah, and so, it's no joke. No joke. So they're paying a lot of money, um, and I think it was like everybody was waiting for their competitor to leave, mm. but. Now like, oh, well, nobody looks silly for leaving Soho or le leaving the, the big city offices. Yeah. Uh, let's just all work from home, you know. And um, there's a guy that, um, that I know who has um, a, a creative agency business in Soho. Yeah. He's actually building um, sheds, so like office sheds in his employees' gardens. Um, oh. And if you... Yeah, and if you don't have a garden, you can work from his home. So he's expanding um, his own property, uh, which is obviously outside London. And, you know, the, so I think people are working out ways to, mm. to their own new normal, you know, their own new new future. But I think, yeah, for sure, the, the same way the high street is seen a decline, definitely offices in it are, are seen a decline too. Yeah, because I think... To be fair, like, I, I'll be lying if I was just, like, working from home, especially with a kid, is not, mm. it's easy, because, ah, it is not. Like, mm. you have to do things that's, like, around their nap time. Like, yeah. that's the stress of it. But, like, as as a mum, my benefits to that is, like, I'm with my kid. 
I he's don't like I don't have to take him anywhere he's with me like I'm a so that that was the that was like for me that's it and I always encourage moms to be like find things that work for you your new lifestyle and you'll be surprised how it's actually really like so amazing and beneficial to work from home you're with your kid unlike you know like unlike our parents I don't know what your parents did my mom they worked how many jobs we barely saw them yeah absolutely my mom was a a cleaner Mm -hmm. and then she was studying I remember once that I was um I went to one of her lectures with her I don't know how that multitasker you see yes yeah she was like um, I was like coloring in and she was in the in she was in school which is really weird I don't actually know know who 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 signed that one off but um yeah I I think it's it takes a lot of discipline to work from home to Mm -hmm. be fair even me myself I'm trying to work wake wake up earlier in the day so waking up like seven I'm trying to wake up at five oh my gosh it is really god forbid (laughs) but this this is the thing though like I think it it's just going to prevent me from I'm I'm hoping it prevents me from being a bit too relaxed with this work it's already I don't wear a bra I, I can't like I don't wear bottoms yeah. <laughs> I'm I can't remember what jeans feel like you know I, I'm literally currently in my dressing gown it's past 10 you know it's just like it's mad but, but um yeah go on but um I, I'm also finding that when I feel like having a break I'm just doing laundry and cooking and oh stuff. my gosh yeah. <laughs> you are speaking to the choir do you know what yeah I literally had a conversation with someone and I was just like this is not my life I I, I don't want to when I'm not doing anything I'm doing laundry or I'm cooking or I'm washing yeah. the bathroom every day yeah. why am I washing the bathroom every day why? For, for what reason my mom didn't raise me to do this every day. My my dad's like, what are you doing? Imagine. Like, can you even imagine? It starts to feel like slavery. I can't. Every day. And then when you have a kid, yeah, you literally, like, it is literally trying to make something food or something every day. Yeah, I can imagine. Huh. Like, so I completely understand. When you're talking about the discipline at work, like, I am trying to, like, right now I've been trying to, like, read up on, like, time management and things mm. like that because I feel like, my hours are just going, but I'm not actually at the end of it being like, okay, what have I done that's been productive? Yes, the dishes are washed, but mm-hmm. like, what? So, how do you, apart from like waking up at five? I don't know if I if I can even do that. But what else, like, are you trying to do? Have you put in place? I'm trying to just keep my mind in a healthy place. Mm. So. Uh, I've I've started to get quite a lot into like meditating and speaking positive things into existence because oh, obviously this, these times are trying, you know, they're very they're incredibly trying times. So I, um, I, I'm so, I try to be as self-aware as possible yeah. and definitely seeing and reading and hearing more about, you know, the effects on mental health um, yeah that this pandemic is causing and I think it kind of hit me late I think when people were freaking out about lockdown I was like "Eh, it'll be we'll be all right yeah my gosh right I'm starting to feel a little bit of anxiety um I'm starting to see you know how it's affecting uh, my clients and affecting um my friends and my family mentally you know so 
I try to, um, so yeah, try, definitely trying to wake up half an hour earlier, half an hour early until I get to 5am. But um, <laughs> um, And then, yeah, just making sure that I'm, I'm listening and to positive things because you switch on the TV and it's activity. You go on social media and sometimes it's, you know it's um, trauma like you're literally like you're being you're seeing images people dying all the time reading the yeah. news like I completely everything you've said about your mental health it's something that I don't know if it's um a culture thing but it's never been something that's really been uh, encouraged for us to think I feel like with where I'm like being Congolese and you always say like if someone is kind of feeling a certain way it's in it's lucky it's crazy <laughs> like it's like ah uh, ah uh, like life throws things at you so yeah. it's kind of like trying to catch it early we've never I don't think we've been taught that to really listen to your body and listen to you experiencing anxiety or you're experiencing like you're literally experiencing panic attacks and things like that like and it took all of us like to go through a pandemic to be like raw like when I'm getting short breath because I've read something that is mm. trauma that's anxiety that's take a second so that mental health I feel it yeah, absolutely and I think the Americans do it quite well so they 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 speak about mental health mm. I think than us black British anyway um you know, so in America, you have um, a mentor, you have a, a GP, you have a gynecologist, you have a therapist, you know, it's very, you have a dentist, it's, they're all, they're very normal things to have. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, I think we're just breaking through that stigma of having a therapist or yeah. counselor. You know, people still kind of whisper it like, "Oh, I'm going to see my counselor." And goes, whereas actually, you know, you should your your mentor is maybe even more. Um, important than your physical at some points because you know you can you can think yourself sick absolutely you know no absolutely so especially like for someone like yourself who runs a company your Mm. mental state is so important because although we glamorize like you know being a business being a boss bitch being this like you have to keep your mind stable so like how does that how has that helped you like with your company and how how starting it and working towards it like what are the challenges that you faced well I always say that um I'm the eldest um, of my siblings so um I do kind of naturally carry people's worries and burdens I'm, I'm naturally the um the person that looks after things when, naturally when's your birthday 7th of July okay okay I was gonna say I was like that sounds a bit like me because I'm very much I think because I'm one of the eldest as well so like mm. you just you just carry that burden with you okay go so I I, I enjoy looking after people and looking mm-hmm. after you know I, I actually quite like being needed but I think I carry that um you know the way I was brought up I carry that into my work yeah. so if somebody if a client for instance is stressing out because um their client was um dissatisfied about something yeah. or they've seen a negative review or they've um, they're not sure how a project is going to they're going to monetize from it i'm i'm quite good at mitigating that um those stresses and like yeah. those um anxieties at bay but that comes from me being in a safe safe and uh, pleasant mental space if that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah absolutely yeah that energy can only come from when I'm I'm also calm 
So it's definitely benefited me in the sense that like the things that I learn and read, I can then pass that on to the people I work with. So the staff that we employ, um, you know, other freelance members of the team and as well as um, clients. So, yeah, I I think it's, it's so important to, to be in a um, positive mental like mindset to, to lead anything and, and to lead anyone. Yeah. And has that been something like, something that gets better with age? Is that something that you've learned like as old as you get and you're actually, I don't know. I think life, life forces you to, to take a step mm. back and reevaluate yourself and to like really be like, Hey, things are happening in this world. Yeah. Life will, will make, will, will humble you very quickly like do you think like as you're getting older it's kind of it's making you like it's forcing you to to deal with these emotions to deal with your headspace and things like that yeah definitely I think um sometimes I I like reminisce on how life was so easy in second school you know and you just and we used to make teachers cry why is this woman crying so troublesome but you're not realizing that that teacher is going through mad hormones mm. and probably going through a divorce or a breakup or is stressful in-laws you know all these things I'm telling really- you and when these things happen yeah everything you hate everything and everyone yeah. sometimes everything you hate everyone you just want to go and find a just get away just really just book a ticket and just disappear but um yeah, I think it definitely comes with age, you know, just being patient. And I learned, I've learned a lot of patience through marriage, really. Like, yeah, one, yeah definitely. Because you, you realise that people, you can't carry so much anger and, oh, things have to go my way or the highway. Yeah. They, kind of, they kind of do. But, <laughs> I, I, that's what I was going to like, yeah. <laughs> they so kind of But um, they, um, yeah, you definitely have to learn, you know, patience and just understanding that knowing me and my husband always say like just know who your friends are know the, the people mm-hmm. that really saves a lot of mental headache and that he saves so much headache when you know the people around you I know the friends that I can go out partying with I know the friends I can tell secrets to mm-hmm. you know I know when I've got friends who um can support a, vent- a new venture or friends that are probably just going to I say friends, but, you know, people that you know who are waiting for it to flop. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Who, like, just quietly in the background. They're not saying nothing. This is the... Yeah. These are the, like, the, the things that I've realised since launching the podcast. It's like, I... It, it doesn't make sense to me when people don't support things that you that you call this person your friend. Whether you're into it or not. Whether it's for you or not. Mm. Like, sis, you might not like it, but someone else might. So share it. Like, so I found it, like, so strange, like, to be like, wait, people, you are in my messages Mm. asking me for skincare tips and everything, but I haven't seen you post my podcast once. (laughs) And you're like, wait, but you're, wait, but you're meant to be my friend. Like, little things like that, like, you really start to see, it's like when you get older and also when you, when you launch something, you're really like, okay, like, I've got my little five friends that are not going to repost. But when you mm-hmm. like launch it, you realize that ah, those five, it's only three. Mm-hmm. Like, so- if, if you know that in your heart, that okay, right, I know what this person's on, mm-hmm. it hurts you, you know. And I think I used to be, um, so basically, going back to your, your, your question about yes. does it improve 
I think I, I, I used to be a little bit more, or a lot more, um, I don't need to use the word angry, but just uh, sensitive, maybe. Yeah, okay. That, I like that. Sensitive. Good. Because yeah. me too. Me too. I used to be very sensitive. Yeah. When you say angry, it's like, oh gosh, another angry one. But really? it's, yeah, it's actually sensitive. You know, we've got feelings. And, you know, when somebody does something that you don't expect them to do, and that, yeah. that expect the big you know very key word here um then you can you can get have your heart broken you know a lot of us girls we break we break each other's hearts more than guys oh my god like oh you know what keep going because you're these are points you're preaching (laughs) it's true (laughs) yeah i definitely i definitely feel like you know i've I've just learned to accept that. Oh, okay, cool. This person is this kind of way. It's fine. That's just the way they are, yeah. and I love them. You know, regardless. Well, I try to love them regardless, um, and just crack on, really, because people are different, and that's what life has really taught me. You know. Um, yeah. No, that clock people. It's it it is so true. So with your with the uh, London Beauty Agency. What is the what is the makeup of of the team like? Are, is it just just like how many are the team and like? What? So we're yeah, so we're a team of four. So um, I lead. I we basically co-founded it. Um, myself and a girl that I used to go to uni with, Eleanor. She's currently on maternity leave, so she's enjoying her time with her baby. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so she um. She, we we basically sat down together and were just talking about our journey in uh, media. So we both did journalism and then we both jumped ship into beauty and fashion and lifestyle PR. Okay. And, and then um, I went on to continue PR and she went over, uh, crossed over to copywriting um, for beauty brands. Um, so we basically started this together and then we had a girl called Bimpe jump on board and she was looking after um, events. Yeah. So all marketing events for beauty professionals and beauty brands within the agency. Um, and then we also uh, brought on board a girl called Jess, who's a makeup artist. So she kind of helped us understand the pain points um of the the type the the type of talents that we were looking after and yeah. our client you know allowed us to to expand and really um expand but also fine-tune what it is we were offering and I can go into what we offer when you like yeah. Um, so yeah so there's four core people and we're um sort of bringing in uh, marketeers from that have different expertise so we're working with another guy yeah. who um, looks after like sponsored ads for us and for our clients so yeah so I'd say about four or five. Oh, that's cool so you said that you studied journalism where did you go where did you study yeah I, I went to um shitty city <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not shitty um, City University in London oh see, at least you stayed in London like at least yeah. like don't let people make you feel any way we all tried to go mm-hmm. a little bit further out I went to uh UCA in Kent Rochester let's not oh. talk about city state cities oh my gosh no uh, like so when you study did you in terms because I always find it interesting like when we especially being black women when we're doing courses mm-hmm. you start you start to pay attention at the industry or you just you start to kind of be like okay like who looks like me is out there 
who is doing because they always say to kind of pinpoint someone that you admire to to see how their career plans out but I found it because I did uh, marketing so kind of like PR in fashion as well Mm. and at that time I started to kind of be like okay who else looks like me that is at a position that I want to get to to kind of like not follow the footpath but at least you have something but I found it hard like I was just Mm. like but there's not really a lot of black women doing what I want to do like especially in PR it wasn't I wasn't seeing a lot like, did you find that when you were studying? Yeah, actually, I studied journalism because I wanted to be a journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I wasn't really intimidated by the fact that there weren't many women that looked like, or many people that looked yeah. like me. I just knew that, okay, I'm quite good at English. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else I want to do right now because, I'm sorry, but at 18... You're a, you're just a big baby. You really? know um, so I was like, right, I'm going to stick to what I'm good at. Um, I like conversations, you know, so journalism might be the way forward. Let me just see how that pans out. And then I had some really great experiences in journalism. I was working, for, I worked at News of the World and then I worked at The Sun and then I worked at Sunday Times. Okay. At Fabulous Magazine. I had some really good gigs, you know. Yeah. And, um, but what I would find is that it was very white, um, but also they were co- all frequently complaining about the money. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to, I'm sorry, but i got bags to buy, i got bills to pay. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, this is not, this is not the one, like if they're always complaining about money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but journalists, you're, you're constantly speaking to PRs and they seem to have a lit time, you know, they were just like always on the phone, like, you know, happy and excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try a thing in PR. So I applied um, at a few top agencies and got my first gig and um, climbed climbed up the ranks. But as soon as I, even at interview stage, I would realize that okay, this office is very, 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 very white. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not even like spray tan white, but just very white. <laughs> I'm telling you, and it's like. It's always this, I'm like, I'm sorry to generalize, but I feel like, especially in fashion, I used to find like, it's always the same type of white and background too. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It was just, they were just like posh girls from Chelsea mm-hmm. and, or um, people that lived in the Cotswold. So you just don't have that, um, what can I say? You just don't have much in common. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, but I do feel like as black women, um, we're we're quite adaptable so we can we can mold into spaces camouflage baby we you put us anywhere we're there like literally I that's a skill it is a skill it really is you know I can be in a room full of um you know guys like gamers you know like geeky white gamers Mm -hmm. and feel like I can you know we can we can chat um and I can be in a room full of um like I don't know rappers and still feel like we can chat so no it's so true I think that's what a lot of like these I think these agencies and all that don't realize I I'm like you can put a a black woman who's from a completely different background who you would probably say like working class probably lived in South London you put Mm. us in any room 
Mayfair, put us there. We will blend. Like, obviously, not not everyone, but there are some black women. Like, it doesn't matter the background. We know we're here to eat. When I come, like, we're here to make our money. Don't worry about, oh, they don't know that they haven't been there, haven't experienced skiing. My friend, is Google not available? Can we not yeah. research the areas to go to? Trust me. Are you talking Trust to a Congolese girl? You don't think I've been to Swiss? You don't think we've been to Switzerland? Don't play. <laughs> like, I've experienced. Oh, don't talk to me about that cold in the Swiss. I'm, the I'm Swiss. telling Geneva. Oh, that place. As beautiful as it is, people don't know travel when it's cold. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, I don't know what it was, but. Uh, in you know in my late teens and my early 20s I wasn't extremely intimidated by the fact that it was all white I just knew that right I could be that difference you know yeah yeah um, was that something that your parents instilled in you or you just think like it's just you that's just how you are um I think my parents have always kind of raised me and my siblings to just just go for it mm-hmm. you know just but in this is not necessarily a good thing but there was also that element of oh if you're in a room full of white people then you're climbing up the ranks yeah okay it's a state it it you know what I get what you mean I get completely what you're saying yeah so it was like you know if you're if you're the only one there then it means that you're really smart and you know but it it wasn't the right way to think of it, you know. Yeah. It just way to to think of it. Um, I do actually remember one um, job interview that I had. The interviewer was like, "Okay, what do you have to bring to the table?" And I was like, "Some flavor, <laughs> <laughs> some flavor." I don't know where that came from, but that was what sold it to them. They were like, do "You know what? Yeah, this is a bit." They know that they were seasonless. They did it. Yeah. <laughs> flavor honestly like you know the ones where you have to walk through the whole office to go to the back room to be interviewed so I was like looking left and right and thinking yeah this this is going to be one of those ones yeah that's <laughs> where they're touching my hair and that but oh um, my gosh the ones that where you get anxiety every time you want to do a new hairstyle because you know yeah. Susan's going to ask you a question about it just let me walk let me go to my desk let me let me like leave me alone I think so I think for me, like, though that quality, even though you say it was a, you know, to kind of go in and not be intimidated by being the only white black person, I think that's what I was missing. Like, because like I said to you, I also started with PR and I think our journeys were completely different. When I came Mm. in, my dad always said to me, you know what, like, you are who you are. Go in there, kill it. Like, don't worry about colour. It just don't worry about all that so I went in there you know I was just like you know what how can you not love me like I'm built for this and I think over time seeing that you were the only black person in the room and then being reminded that you were the only black person in the room and certain things probably not planning out your own in my way in terms of career and progression instead of it like fueling like you know pushing me I think to me it kind of it changed me it wasn't Mm. like I kind of got like a moment of thinking, okay, maybe I'm not, oh, maybe I'm not the spice that I thought I was. Maybe I don't have the the, the flavor that I thought I did. So it's, it's really important. Like I admire the fact that you went in there with that attitude because I feel like as black women, we need to remind ourselves and really believe it as well. It's one thing saying it out loud that you think you're the flavor that, that 
that room is missing but it's another thing to actually believe it with all your heart and spirit and I'm now mm-hmm. like seeing women like yourself or speaking to other women and when I hear women speak like that I just get like my heart is full because I'm just like yes like that's what we need because there's too many situations where we're reminded or told or made to feel like we shouldn't be feeling like this so mm-hmm. sis everything you're saying me I'm with it you go you brought flavor to the office yes what next <laughs> Yeah, I brought flavour to the office. Um, it wasn't always easy because, mm. you know, there were several times where I felt like, right, they're just going against all of my ideas. Yeah. Um, they're not used to it. You know, they don't, there's no one else to back it. There's no one else to say, oh, actually, yes. Um, there was a point where I think they employed another, so one of the agents I worked at, they employed another black woman and she was senior to um but I didn't feel like she wasn't cis like she wasn't really like riding like that um so it was difficult to have any sort of um allyship and you know just that that um that's the worst so when they yeah. when, when you see cis but she's not cis you're like ah cis yeah like cis what happened but <laughs> It's one of those ones I think she was just like fighting for promotion. Mm. Um, yeah, it wasn't always easy. And um, in a sad way, um, it kind of lowered my self-esteem. So yeah. the kind of came in with, like, I was like, right, cool, cool, full of vim. You know, I know that um, I'm different, but I'm going to bring different ideas. You guys wanted different. You yeah, said exactly. so. You said flavour. Yeah, you wanted flavor. I brought flavor, and now you're saying that mm, not that much flavor. You can't water down exactly. the flavor. You want to <laughs> you're stuck with it. You're stuck with this flavor. Yeah. yeah, when you put so much salt on on me, like you can't actually just run it under the tap because it's done now. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, so it, it was it was increasingly increasingly difficult, um, and then you know, working at um, lifestyle, you know, fashion and beauty and, and sport ag- um, agencies yeah. uh, within the PR sphere, I just started to realise just how little opportunities there were for uh, women of colour, people of colour. Yeah. Um, and I thought it's all like Funky Dory doing PR for Misguided and Sleek and Barry M and um, Lonsdale and all of those big brands. Mm-hmm. But there's you know, no one on the team that looks like me that can voice um, some of the, you know, valuable customers that these brands have who are black. Um, You know, when we're doing like press days or having events or booking in um, artists like makeup artists or, you know, designers and stylists, they're also not black. Um, So it was just a little, it became a little bit suffocating, you know, that, okay, cool. It looks nice on my CV that I'm helping these brands, but they have, they already have the money. Um, how? What would happen? You know, I started asking myself, what would happen if I mo- moved away and tried to actually help individuals? You know, yeah, yeah. like me and be- speak like me and behave like me, have a similar background, and how how would it f- what would it look like to me and for my business to help them elevate their businesses? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um. So it was around 2015 that I decided to leave and, you know, just try my own thing. And I thought, look, <laughs> they're working me so hard to the ground. I'm juggling about 10, 10 to 12 clients on my own um, within agencies. 
and receiving not that much you know yeah because we are sometimes like then PR pay and salary you guys you have to be top top to really to really reap the benefits yeah, yeah. to really um get the bag to get the take the bag home so I yeah so I decided to help you know up and coming businesses and individuals who wanted to market themselves in order to grow their businesses or their their um you know their brands and um that was a lot more rewarding I'd say give me that satisfaction that okay there's people out there who don't have big budgets to be paying four grand a month to a London agency um but they can afford you know a a little percentage of that Um, and I can I can really help them um either by securing press coverage for them or showing them how to do it for themselves and that was really 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 rewarding yeah did you make it a point so like with the brands when you did leave the brands that you decided to work with was it a was it a point to work with black brands or it was just like brands that were who didn't have the financial backing was there like a was there a point for you to be like okay I just want to be working with with black unknown brands or was it just open there wasn't necessarily like a criteria of who qualifies as a potential client or not leave a secure job you know it was my decision to leave at the end of the day um I didn't get fired or anything so I left knowing that right I'm gonna have to start something from scratch Mm -hmm. you know um so I didn't want to just cap it to only uh black owned businesses yeah especially at the start okay yeah at the start I didn't want to cap it to black just black owned businesses I just knew that I was fed up of you know um working in an office where my talent was uh, underappreciated it was I had to work four times harder and come in about three hours earlier than everybody else to you know qualify for promotion yeah Um, so I um yeah so I, I was kind of just open to seeing who needed the the help that I could provide if that makes sense yeah um and some a lot of them just happen to be people of color so asian backgrounds black backgrounds um african you know it it was it was a nice mixture it was a nice mixture was this at a time like people really knew what pr and branding and marketing would do for their brands because i feel like back then a lot of people weren't really aware of what PR could do for them. So for them for even to approach you, was it like brands that had been around for a while? No, do you know what? I think that's a good point. I think um, understanding PR and marketing and branding has only kind of been a conversation in the last three years. Yeah, because yeah. when I wanted to do that, my parents were like, what are you doing? I said, marketing, <laughs> journalism, ah, marketing and PR, business, I said, it's okay, mum. <laughs> no, I think my mum has called me a PA for about eight years. <laughs> Why are they like this? She's doing PA. That's a whole different, that's a whole different career. Like, you're in the office. That's it. To her, you're in the office. Yeah. Um, no, I think people... Um, I've only started to understand PR properly fairly recently. Mm-hmm. For about five, six, seven years ago, it was very, very, um, very much like a industry terms and industry jargon. Like an insider um, thing. It just felt yeah. like an insider thing. 
Right, exactly. People knew what social media was, but maybe didn't understand how much it was going to dominate, you know, marketing and our lives in general. Um, But the types of brands that I was approaching were just like boutique jewellery brands that had been about for about a year and they had a really pretty online feel and aesthetic. They didn't necessarily know how to secure um, press coverage and they didn't understand how it would open up um and a new audience to them or quality audience to them so yeah there, there's definitely there was definitely a lot of education involved um and the the types of people that approached me I'd probably say I did a lot more pitching because yeah yeah I did a lot more pitching because like I said it was leaving that secure job to now <gasps> okay cool I, if I don't work how did you I... sleep at night? You know the stress. Like I left, I've left a job as well, and I was just like, I don't know, for two weeks straight. I don't think I slept. This cool. Like I'm a natural worrier. I'm someone that just worries and is always thinking about the future. Like I was laughing with myself this morning because it's Libra season, uh, mm. and so I was just like, oh my god! And I saw a meme that was like, a Libra is up at night at three a.m. just stressing about their future. That's me. Mm. So when I left the job, I was just like, just thinking of the worst case scenarios. Like, mm. how did you deal with, like, after you left the job, how are you dealing? How are you sleeping? Mate, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't because um, I just have high expectations of myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, like, in school, I, you know, I achieved really well. I've, I've always been, like, an overachiever. I've always kind of been a little bit good at everything. And that is not necessarily a good thing because you kind of start to get new ideas and think, this is it, this is my eureka moment, this mm-hmm. is it, I can, I can do that and I can juggle all these things. You know, um, when I left, I did a little bit of PR. I also did a little bit of personal shopping. I also did a little bit of, you, you know, I, I started some really um, exciting businesses that, that um that succeeded like well and I started a couple that just flopped you know so I dabbled and I think in a way it is also important to just try you know just whilst you're in your 20s just try 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 um and then discover what bangs because if you start trying at 35 40 it's a little bit more risky you know more people relying on 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 stability on you for stability so um yeah I tried a few things here and there um and then it was um it was around my engagement year so what year um, was that so 2018 um so mid-2018 I, I got engaged on my birthday and I would go around speaking to makeup artists and hairstylists for my bridal trials okay. and I started understanding that you know, just through conversation and chatting away, you started to I started to realise that a lot of them had very similar pain points, which was that they were struggling with time management. They were the CEO, the assistant, the person that ships out products, the admin. admin, the accountant, you know, the social media manager. They were doing so much as solo entrepreneurs, and um, they didn't realise that you know, they could be monetizing their skills in several ways. They could be partnering up with brands yeah. they could, and charging big money. They could be, you know, um, 
hosting online webinars and making money from that. And I felt like, you know, these are the things I can help them with. Or they didn't even, some of, a lot of them don't realise that they can just send an email to a journalist and pitch a new idea and get media coverage. And I felt like these are the things that I could really help them with because yeah. I've, you know, built experience through journalism and through PR and also through hit and miss businesses, you know, in the in, in the interim. Yeah. So I thought, right, there's potentially a gap here, you know, to do PR, but specifically for that niche, um, which is the beauty professional rather than just, you know, fashion brands and beauty yeah. brands. Um, and that's where the idea for London Beauty Agency came about, you know. Um, so when Eleanor and I partnered and decided to, to you know, actually launch it, we were hearing like all these things that beauty professionals were struggling with and we wanted to cater to all of those things, you know, have, have them um, within a very seamless booking system and take take away all their the legwork that they yeah. were struggling with. Um, but that didn't necessarily work either because we were spreading ourselves really, really thin. There was and two of you guys at that time. Yeah, there was just two of us. Um, we did bring on Bimpei, um soon after, who was looking after masterclasses. But then with COVID, you know, and uh, um, with COVID hitting, that has really, really slowed down. Yeah. But we, um, we then started to, to really think about how we could fine-tune our services to still handle you know, to, to still serve their pain points, you know, to really solve, to, to, to deliver um, solutions yeah. to um, beauty professionals. So currently we work under the Book It, Flaunt It and Launch It um, department. So the Book It is basically securing um, editorial gigs for them and, you know, commercial opportunities, VIP makeovers and things like that. Nice, yeah. And then under the flaunt it, it's more PR and marketing. So everything I've been speaking about, you know, securing coverage, partnering up with brands and, you know, creatively marketing themselves um, and, you know, teaching them how to market their products. And then what's quite exciting and, and quite new to, to the business now is that we're developing digital products. So um, things like online masterclasses um, are just going to keep growing yeah know. that's Mark. the future I think that's there like you don't have to leave your house and you can st- no I think that's the future I'm f- I'm here for all of it yeah so it's it's quite it's really exciting because we're teaming up with um a bunch of um, not only makeup artists but marketeers that can put together lessons um and we can you know share it out and and market it as one curriculum so as a makeup professional you can enroll to the course learn all about how to you know practically makeup by the professional expert um, and also learn from the experts that um, know the ins and outs of social media pinterest monetizing youtube um, you know all these different and exciting ways to monetize your skills because makeup artists are influencers but they are also like actual tribe leaders that have talent oh my god absolutely I think you didn't back in the days you didn't realize just what I think people just didn't realize what doing makeup could actually take you and what talent it was you just left it to just doing your mom's makeup before she went to a party (laughs) like there's some yeah there's some skills and I've always find it 
kind of frustrating for them because a lot of them is it's just the marketing and the PR aspect of it that they're not able to showcase their talent mm, and a lot yeah. of them don't know that even with their skills they could be um going to work on uh fashion shows because that's also that's such a lacking space that there's not yeah. enough black makeup artists working in these in these uh, spaces so by marketing people can see you and start hiring you and these models don't need to look gray anymore exactly that and you've got the likes of leomi anderson who speaks quite a lot about um you know black creatives not being booked enough Mm -hmm. you know absolutely no reason why uh models and actresses and you know should be going on set or you know before they they jump in front of the camera and the whole team is white there's absolutely no reason no reason and then the, and what's worse is that you can be white fine yeah but the fact that you don't know in 2020 how to mm. deal with dark skin is where i have a problem with i'm just mm-hmm. like you can be a white makeup artist but how are you not able to do everyone's makeup how can you bring foundation to a to a fashion show and not have all shades you get mm. discounts we know you get discount makeup so i don't understand and i think that's it's it's got to a point like now it's like it's just disrespectful it's yeah. disrespectful it's disrespectful you can't come to me um at, with a, a foundation called biscuit you know i'm not <laughs> <laughs> these names as well god forbid like, I, i'm not honey i'm not biscuit i'm you know, it's a completely different shade. I can't wear the same foundation as my mum, you know, exactly. or my sister. It's the undertone. It's it's yeah. the undertone. And I know they know this. So I think with uh, with platforms and businesses and opportunities like what you're offering, I think that's, that's definitely a space that I'm just like, makeup artists, this is what you need to be doing. Because the more you're marketing and exposing yourself, then you are, there's, there is that industry of working backstage. I think when it comes to kind of like black makeup artists, the only one that I'm really aware of is Pat McGrath working backstage. Mm. And I'm like, no, mm. they're all they're black makeup artists, and they shouldn't just be kept in a the box of uh, doing makeup for photo shoots, but just for black for black models or just for black. No, no, they need to be working in fashion shows, and that's what I think. That's amazing what you do. Yeah, and I, I mean the. Online classes that we're putting together speak about that in so much depth. It's it's like it's basically school. It's not like um, what you get from a twelve minute YouTube video. These are the ins and outs with workbooks and worksheets and downloadable resources. You know, there's a full package. So I'm really excited for the um, the launch it side because we're it's empowering the educators mm-hmm. and it's also empowering the learners. Um, so I'm really excited about that and it's a great time for it because people are going to be Boris apparently says we're going to be stuck at home for another six months so I can't I can't like I I I honestly didn't think I could do another lockdown oh no god forbid I think I don't no, I don't actually know anymore. <laughs> You're just like, I've given up. Like at this point, you don't know how to, to move anymore. But how has how has COVID affected the business? Like what, what have you seen apart from, I think everyone talks about, obviously we know the financial side of it, but in the industry, because I think with the COVID, it brought up so many conversations with the Black Lives Matter and just more diversity talk. How have you seen that change in the industry overall? 
Mm. I think um, for the business directly, COVID has affected us mainly because we couldn't go ahead with physical masterclasses. Um, but I think in every sort of um, in every crisis, there is opportunity, yeah. and um, I am grateful to the fact that you know it's given us the time to fine tune what we're offering as a business, and also um, understand the importance of e learning, which has in the in the last twenty years, I think I read a stat that in the last twenty years it has grown nine times, okay. and in the next um, five years it's looking to triple the industry, the e learning industry. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so if I if it wasn't for COVID, I don't think myself and the team would have um, paid attention to those stats or acted upon it. So um, in that sense, it's been you know it's been a bit of a bummer that we can't meet the people that we want to meet, but we can also always you know thank God for Zoom and you know technology and things like that. I'm telling you, oh my God, FaceTime. FaceTime, exactly. There's always a way to um to, to find things. And we, you know, we kind of pioneered for our our direct, the talents that we work with under our roster, um, how to conduct one-to-one learnings um with their customers via um the internet. So, you know, I'm really I'm really proud of that. And in terms of the conversations that have been happening happening during this time or this year, um yeah, I mean, it's been a lot. It's, oh. it's been a, yeah, it's been a lot. Black Lives Matters. I kind of feel like COVID had to happen for for people to listen more. Yeah, it's forced yeah. us. It's literally forced us to sit down and pay attention. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, people. I think people were just um, quite tone deaf to just how different Black people felt. Yeah. Um, and you know. <sighs> The idea of beauty in general is always shifting, you know, and hopefully with Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement, we can be seen a lot more, you know, we can be um, included a lot more. That's it. It's that inclusion. I think I, I always make a point to say, like, with a lot of brands and Black owned businesses, it's not just to pick them for tokenism. That's not what a lot of these want. It's literally include us in the conversation. If you're talking about five best lipsticks and in your top five or in your top 20, whatever the list may be, you're not including a black brand in there. That's the problem because mm. you're you're excluding us as consumers as well. Because mm. I'm, I'm ashamed to say, like, and I shouldn't be, but before this, I wasn't really paying attention to who was who was the face behind the things that I was buying? I wasn't mm-hmm. conscious on that at all. And then you, mm-hmm. it just makes you realize you're like, it's because I the information is not available to me that easy. Like if I want a lipstick, why do I need to do 20 hours on the internet to find a lipstick by a black uh, a black owner? Why is Vogue not including them in the conversation just as easily as they include other brands and I think that's the problem like we've always been if it's Black History Month that's where you get the special top five (laughs) I think um, before Black Lives Matter you know within the beauty industry uh, industry we will we've always there's always been that like unspoken um unspoken thing that you know black people or black models or black brands black owned brands are just not enough Mm -hmm. you know um 
so yeah it's like you said the token the token beauty thing is it's it's something to be ashamed of now and i'm sorry but posting black squares isn't enough you know uh, when it comes to standing up against systematic racism in any industry so i'm really hoping that um things change you know things change and it's not just a phase it's not just a um a a short-lived movement i think the founder of um um yoma beauty sharon when she when she launched that pull up or shut up uh campaign uh, that it it was just like a shock to the whole to hot to the whole system really yeah it was needed it's needed you need to make these people uncomfortable that's my favorite new pastime (laughs) (laughs) you have to yeah and it was all about um releasing the number of black employees I think that they had at corporate level and it's important because they within themselves realize that oh right we we're actually on on madness <laughs> like completely like how are you listen how are you having 50 to 100 employees and you're telling me you've got two two black mm. people in your company like are you are, is it is it crack that you're on are you mad I don't want, no, no. and what's really? even so frustrating is that the talent is there. Like, it's not mm. that there's lack of talent because that I think that type, that type of conversation is so outdated. The talent is there. Do you know how many Black women are into and understand and know PR marketing and beauty and, fa- and fashion? So it's there. It's just that the opportunities for us to get our foot through the door and progress is just not there. So mm. Sharon doing that, it's they knew it like I sometimes I can be optimistic but other times you just have to say for what it is they knew and a lot of them is kind of like the whole oh my god I didn't know we only had two people okay but now that it's everyone is watching them it's gone it's forcing conversations and actions to happen and we just need to keep at it like I think we're done with being polite yeah definitely and I think um hopefully this pushes um, partnerships as well so like and um, brands of you know we're, we're, whoever it's owned by it hopefully it pushes them to collaborate together properly you know it's it's all well and good posting a pledge on social media and on your website on your fancy website but actually acting on it I'm I'm hoping now that brands have people working in their labs to launch more than two shades of brown do you know what I mean yeah. and <laughs> products with co- not call it cocoa <laughs> I mean, honestly, like call it an African name or a desert or something, call it something rich, you know. Um, so, yeah, definitely like more shades of brown, stronger pigments. We, we need it. We need it. And you know what? The black, the black pound is so strong. Yes. You know? um, I read a report recently that black consumers spend nine times more than our white counterparts when it comes to hair and beauty. It's like someone needs to tell these people, I don't understand. I'm like, the information is there. How you guys don't know? Because firstly, when it comes to us, we spend more because we'll look, because what we want is never steadily there. So we mm. kind of have to try a lot more. We have to test out a lot more and we love it. Like this is, it's, this is us. Like when it comes to beauty and all that, like black women, we love it because we've had to, We've had we've had a relationship with it for so long. So I don't understand mm. how these brands, when it comes to including us in these conversations, in advertising, in campaigns, they forget that we're about this. We're about mm. this life. Mm. And where there's more of a um like 
we're probably I don't know what generation I'm, I'm quite bad at history and geography but we could be like the third or fourth generation of you know um Africans or uh, black people in the UK let's just say so there's a lot of us who are now middle class and you know elite and we spend a lot of money and I'm I'm hoping that um the world is on the same page now because we've been quiet for a long time yeah we've been, I mean? but we've been polite it's trying to yeah. avoid in that awkward conversation yeah we've been so polite um but hopefully with the movement it's like okay cool there's a lot of them they're loud when they come together mm-hmm. um, equal, that should equal to um there's a lot of them that can be that can buy our products you know we need to we need to respect them we need to count especially the luxury industry that industry I think with the luxury industry I don't know what data or what they've been looking at I think that's one of the industry that really works with the devil to keep us out of it not realizing that rich girl is our aesthetic I don't understand Mm. that they don't realize that black women luxury is it's what we we love yeah, like, we are queens. We, you, know? you don't understand, like, because... We love, we love um, fashion, we love style, we love people. We love, you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, like, I've known, see my parents get dressing up when I was younger, you know, Congolese people. Ah! Mm-hmm. energy. It, 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 it's, it's from the soul, okay? So, like, and I think that's one industry that continues to disregard us and it's kind of I think that's one where I'm just like oh we are coming for you we need to show you that this this is our bag like we we need to be and have to be included in this in this place mm. it's by force by fire exactly that amen it's true do you like when it comes to um your own personal style and what you're into because I I always kind of want to know with people when did you find that like when you get as the older you got like was it something that you always knew or you're just finding like the older you get and you're starting to see what you're into and you've really found your own aesthetic uh that's a very good question I think um I have, I think style and fashion is about how you feel on the day. It's like an expression thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look through my wardrobe, some of it is like really tomboy, like Adidas tracksuits and so on. And then the other side is like really glam, like where are you even going? Red carpet dress. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just want to do this. Sometimes you have to. And then some, and then like we've got one part of my wardrobe that is like red trousers and like proper Congolese, you know, loud, loud and um, bright, loud, loud and bright. And then I've got like a really muted, um, you know, mono, um, monochrome palette. So it really just depends. And I, I think I enjoy camouflaging. You know, I enjoy like changing it up. Um, you know, one day being a peacock, next day being a duck <laughs> I don't know why I said duck but yeah the the opposite, like, I get you babe so it's okay I get it you wanted to show the yeah, opposite no. yeah I like to mix it up and I also enjoy so this is something that I learned from my mum my mum's been glam from from day dot um and I was like growing up and watching her um play around with you know, basically mixing designer stuff with high street, and mm-hmm. she's done 
think she's always done it really, really well. My mom too. Um, My mom's about that life. And she's all about uh, buying um, expensive for less. My mom's all yeah. about that. Oh, they love a good bargain. Oh, TK Maxx. TK Maxx. TK Maxx. I know. So I've, I've, I um, have kind of grown up watching mum kind of yeah. like take a chain off of a bag and make it into an earring and then make a belt into something else and, you know, just try and experiment. So okay, mum. Yes, mum. Yeah, do your thing, mum. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think fashion and style should be experimented with, you know, play around, play, played around with. Yeah. Um, but it depends. I mean, it, it really does depend. Sometimes I'm like, okay, cool. Like COVID, I, I don't even think I remember how to dress because... <laughs> Oh my God, Fifi, I swear to you. I I thought, I got to a point, I was like, no, no, no. Let me start wearing clothes that make sense now. Because yeah. I got to a point, I got so lazy. Even when it came down to my hair, my baby daddy had to tell me, ah, at least braid it. If you're not going to wig it, because I was just like, why am I wigging it in the house? <laughs> so I had to at least braid it. Like, are we in prison? Yeah. That you're doing- Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll FaceTime my mom and she'll be like, uh-uh, what's happening? <laughs> like, no, with COVID, I think we all forgot it. We all forgot how to apply makeup. We That's forgot right. how to accessorize. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think, yeah, to ask your question, I think um, as I've grown, I've understood a little bit more about what makes sense with what, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, when I'm actually going out, um, rather than just put in, you know, wearing, um, I don't know, dungarees with the hills and this I know what makes sense what is supposed to look good together Mm -hmm. you know um but I still change it up yeah for sure you have to do you know what I've also found like the older I've got is I've stopped saving clothes for occasions yes like you know what I mean like yes I know you can't not everything you can wear I can't just go to work with my long gown I get that but there's certain things you're just like, oh, no, no, I'll wear this when I go here. Or oh, it's for this. Sis, if you feel like wearing it, wear it. You can you can tone down things and you can dress up things. I've stopped saving clothes for, because I think that's kind of like an African household thing where you've got clothes for church, like you've got mm-hmm. clothes for, and it's just like, no, like wear your clothes. Because one thing COVID is showing us is <laughs> tomorrow is not promise. This is it. And I always say, life's too short to save your clothes. Mm. For the- <laughs> Wear it. Like something. Sure. Sometimes just give people heart attack. Come out the house, you're wearing heels. Go. And uh, I love you know, it. actually gets me, like, it puts a smile on my face when I'm like out shopping or something and I see a woman in jeans and a baby in heels and she's just shopping. And you know that she's just shopping. Or like you go to Bista and because when you're at Bista, there's nothing else you're doing. You know, you, you went there to shop mm-hmm. for the day. And so it's just like, oh, it just, it literally just puts a twinkle in my eye. When it I really it. does. I love seeing women, like, dressed, o- overdressed. I just love it because I'm just like, I know you're dealing with right now with the stress of just being a woman in this world. So mm. just dress and wear it. Like, especially, mm. like, with age, for me, that's definitely made me, that's one thing I'd say. I'm like, I'm not saving clothes for occasions anymore. Like, I went to mm. see, I went to see my mom a couple of days ago. So I hit them with leopard, with uh, a zebra print matching trousers and top. Oh, yes. I, I was just like, my mom was like, where are you going? I'm like, I come to see you. I'm ready. 
zebra print. I was like, I'm ready for this. I'm like, I'm just so tired of like, you'll put things aside and you're like, I'll save this for this. What are you waiting for? Can you just... Can you imagine like just before lockdown, literally a week before lockdown, I did a massive shop online of nowhere to people's weddings and birthdays. You know, a lot of my friends are turning 30. So I was like, okay, cool. It's going to be for this, it's going to be for that. And have I touched them? No. You see? Who who wants to go to the park? Because I've got clothes. (laughs) (laughs) And then also some of these clothes here, you're thinking, is it going to fit again? Is it my, oh, my 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 weight my COVID um weight gain has been mad. I've tried one more fifty, I've tried. I bought because before COVID, I was going to the gym, like I had a routine going. My son was at nursery, so I'll drop him off, and my gym is right in front of his nursery. So I was forced to go. So I was doing it, I was going, and I it really made a difference. And then COVID hit. I tried to buy like gym equipment at home. But working mm-hmm. at home is the ghetto. I don't care what no one says. It's not the same. It's really not it's the same. Really my husband is a is like a I'd say I'd call him a gym freak. Should I call him a gym freak? Mm-hmm. Well, he goes to the gym pretty much every day. Um, so he was like, all right, cool. There's nothing for us to do. We can't really go on proper date night. So you know, it's important to do good stuff or fun stuff mm-hmm. together. Okay, cool. Let's work out then. Oh my gosh, the way I've just been like. <laughs> faking a cramp for just before when I see him reaching for his gym clothes I'm just like oh my leg <laughs> say babe I didn't wake up right today women problem <laughs> like me. I tried I tried I'm using rice to, for weights it's the ghetto I was doing all this it really is and it wasn't working so I'm so I think I love the point so you mentioned most of your friends are all mm. turning 30 you're 30 already right Yes, I am. How, yeah, how is how is that feeling though? Because I, you know, obviously with After 25, it's my main thing, or I say my branding is always to remind women that life doesn't stop after a certain age. <laughs> like, mm. regardless of what the media or what social media is saying to you, whatever. I also, I'm like, after 25, like sometimes those are the best years of your life. Like you've got more clarity mm. on what you want. You might not be there already because that's also like extra pressure that we have that we should, mm. you should have it figured out. You should have the career. You should have the family. You should have the perfect husband. Like you, mm. it's okay not to have that, but you get to a certain age where you know what it is that you do want. So like that, like that age for me has always been that thing, like to be like, no women, like, hey, sis, 25 is not, it's not the, the end. So how are you feeling when you were getting like closer to that 30 goal? Well, um, I'll be honest, I was kind of panicking a yeah. little bit. That's normal yeah, and I was hearing a lot about people saying, oh, yeah, when I was, the night before I turned 30, I was crying and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And the closer I get, I got, I was like, okay, this is this is actually mad. I'm really turning 30. Like, when I was 16, 30-year-olds were like big aunties and uncles Yay! to me. Yay, I think that's it. I think that's, especially for me, it's that feeling that the aunties that you saw that were in their 30s back then were like, Ah, a whole 30. Like, it wasn't, it's not the same 30 now. No way. It's not the same 30. We're bad. At all. I still feel like I'm a baby girl. Forever. What are you talking about? You feel like it. You are. We are forever. Yeah. So I was, I was really intimidated by 30, you know, the big three. I'm going to do what I've done with my life. You you know, you suddenly. 
yeah, you actually start to write down the things that you've done and what what you ha still have to do and all of that because you know, when you're in secondary school, you're thinking, cool, like 21, I get my degree, 22, I get married, mm -hmm. 24, child, 24, I have a house. It's like, honestly, <laughs> hun, slow down. Really not that. Um, but yeah, I'm. I was, yeah, I was quite nervous about it. But then I started looking forward to the fact that I was, um, or due to the like government guidelines, I was going to be able to um, celebrate a little bit, you know, for my 30th. And that was, that was really nice. Yeah. You know, that was really nice to think to, to, so I had like a mini festival with. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, at my mum's house, and it was really, really lovely. You know, everything was themed. I, I do a good theme. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so we had we had like um, a Caribbean takeaway van and we had um, music on blast you see that's what your marketing skills you really wanted to show them PR we showed them PR we had like glitter stores we had their faces um, glitter painted we had a bouncy castle we had garden games we had um, uh, what do you call it badminton yeah there were there was, that. yeah and like bean bags and and um like sort of short tables and things like that. So it was it was nice to be able to host, you know, friends and family that I hadn't seen in a time. So that kind of eased my stresses. And then uh, when I, once I started settling into the age, I know it sounds silly, but... No, it just really like, doesn't. People don't understand. <laughs> You've, it's... Sometimes like when someone asks you what, what's your age, you're like... Tw <laughs> <laughs> that part. That, how, <laughs> how do you start introducing it? Oh, like I'm 30. Oh, hi, my name's P. I'm 30. But once I started settling into, like, you know, saying I'm 30, accepting I'm 30, I'm 30 yeah. I actually love it, you know. I realized that I'm, there's so much more for me in my future. I'm so mm -hmm. happy and um, blessed to have, you know, the family that I do, the husband that I've got, yeah. a gorgeous roof over my head. Um, and you've I made know. it we've made it 30 like because I think the point that you said before about when you're in high school you're thinking 30 is so far away and mm. I don't know about you like now you realize you're like hey there's some people who didn't make it so like you didn't make it at all and like I got really poorly in March um I had the the virus oh god so yeah, so it was it was really a scary moment because um, I had to sleep away from my husband. Um, I was vomiting. I was coughing. I couldn't see anybody. The hospital were like, we're at full capacity. Oh, no my God. Yeah, and back then, no one was taking that risk. At all. They were not even taking that risk at all. So they just said, you know, drink water, sleep. That's all they could tell me, really. Um, I had high temperature. I was sweating in the night. I was literally vomiting, like, green vial. Oh, my God. Uh, and um, I had, like, phlegm. It was horrific. It was horrific. I couldn't smell anything. I couldn't taste anything. I lost so much weight. It was horrific. Mm. So celebrating my 30th, it was like, Fee, why are you even... Why are you mad? You should not be mad. No, now you can even celebrate it with no limits. Who's going to tell you no? This is it. This is, this is the point. Are your friends feeling like this? Are they feeling, like, what stage are they at? The ones who haven't turned, who are getting ready to turn 30? Are they, in, like, accepting the age? Um. Yeah, to be fair, most of my friends have turned 30 now, oh. but um, it's just a few left so I'm one of the youngest in the school year so you know my school year peers have already turned 30 oh, and they 
settled in really well you know they've just been like look I'm um it's basically like being in your 20s but with a little bit more money and a little bit more confidence so I'm telling you it's the confidence for me I can't like because when I turned 30 I had a baby like I literally had just given birth mm. so I was just like wait this is my 30s people are partying me I'm sitting here breastfeeding and mm. like I literally remember I was just like wait I am my I didn't even really have time to really digest turning 30 because I was dealing with pregnancy and I was dealing with like family health issues so mm. so like when I finally turned I was just sitting there, I'm like oh my god this is 30 like mm. I was just there but I think definitely for me I'd say confidence confidence and getting to know yourself and to know what you want and going for it like it's 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 not saying like you you're you're not gonna have fear anymore you're not no you're gonna have fear but you're gonna do it anyway yeah 100% That's the I love thing. like exactly because fear doesn't go away like it's there because I remember one of my favorite people uh, and my be icon Tracy Ellis Ross I love that woman and I've always admired how she lives her life full and that it's full like and she's always said like I do things even though I'm scared like because I'm like I'm like she's always like I'm always scared but I have to do it anyway and that's yeah. what especially having a kid for me and turning 30 it's forced me to do that to be like you're going to be scared but do it anyway because if you don't do it we're going to tell your son at this point like, what, and that's such a, a beautiful thing to remember as well what your why is and it's something that I've heard about from being a, a, a literally from being a teen mm -hmm. you know what is why I understand your why but it's until you actually have a why yeah that you know that's when it, you actually start to see it for something else you know like if you have a sick parent or if you have a child dependent or if you you know have to provide for somebody or something usually your why is something exterior yeah um which is actually quite beautiful um it says a lot about the human being but I, I think it's so important to keep going back to what your why is because that was that's what's going to grow your confidence you know it's going to, it's going to um quieten down that voice of fear mm -hmm. you have to stand up within yourself and tell that that insecurity to just shut up and just all the time away. because it's one of those <laughs> things where if you listen to it it's you that you'll just look at yourself and be like okay why didn't I do that yeah it's it's definitely false dialogue it's nobody's actually if you think about it all the negative things that we have said to ourselves or all the unkind things that we've thought about ourselves no one's actually said those things to no us no one we're, even we're, do you like no one even cares that oh, you're rubbish or you do, you're really bad at maths no one's actually really come <laughs> to you you know it's what you called yourself mm -hmm. so I think 30 has made me realise that, oh, look, be kind to yourself. Yes. Know what you want to do, focus and be consistent, you know, and everything else will fall into place. Like, it's, I'm saying it now with so much vim, but I'm, it's I'm, better. You're <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do. You say, you say it with all your chest. You know, some mornings you look at yourself in the mirror, you said, yes, today is it. I am that bitch. Two mm. hours later, you're like, oh. You spill your coffee and then you're like, oh my gosh, I hate everything. <laughs> and I'm and me, I'm a drama queen. Like I am dramatic as f. So like if something happens, it's the the world has ended. It's over. Oh, Just gosh. give me half an hour though. I'll pick myself back again. But I think it's so important what you said. It's it's those like it's that confidence within. It's allow mm. finding your why. 
Because once mm-hmm. you find it, it's kind of like just you have to go for it. I think I was also mm-hmm. reading a book um, and one of the interviews was it was a, a woman founder who was just saying her night her worst nightmare is to get to the end and just know that she didn't live to the fullest. She didn't do what it was that she wanted to do. And it's just like, that's it. Imagine getting to the end and you're like, you wanted to go festival, even something as simple as that. You wanted to experience festival, but you didn't. Now you're like, oh. So I'm also trying to make myself like accountable for the things that I'm saying that I want to do and actually doing them. Like a hundred percent, and you kind of have to see it as it's only you in the world. So, like mm-hmm. other, sometimes like um, it, it's it might sound a bit silly, but I get a lot of I don't even know if I should say this, but I get a lot of my confidence from like the Bible and the Word, but I also get a lot a lot of my confidence from drag queens. <laughs> oh, Fifi, no, no, you know what? You're gonna I don't know who's gonna laugh at me, but I also get my parenting skills from RuPaul Drag Queen. I don't care what no one says. No, because for me, yeah, I'm like, wait, like I need to love my son through everything. The way that they love their kid is giving them the confidence that they need to live life. And that's what I want my son to be. So Bibs, me too. I love drag queens. Yeah, I love a bit of RuPaul because the confidence and what he says, uh, one episode that I watched, he said something about sometimes you have to put everything and everyone around you down mm-hmm. and put yourself on a pedestal and realise that you're, you're the, this is you, this is your show, this is your story and everybody else is an, is an accessory. But it doesn't mean that, you know, they're your backup dancers and you should treat them like rubbish. It just means that focus on you, you know, mm-hmm. you have to pour self before you pour into them um and that is something that I find so powerful and it just makes you walk with your head held high mm-hmm. you know, um and just your best self um no absolutely. And, and, I yeah. you know what when you say that about just making yourself priority I I'm finding myself especially like becoming a mum that I'm guilty of putting everyone else's needs before mine like especially Mm -hmm. like you put your child's needs before yours I don't necessarily believe that that won't make you a good mum like do if you're not good then that kid's Mm -hmm. not going to be good 100%. Like if you need to go away for a weekend or have a break or you need to go shopping on your own like Mm -hmm. hopefully you've got support because that support oh it is Mm. it is life and death when it comes to being a mom but like Mm. putting myself first and also not being like okay he need he needs this the baby needs this no it's like put yourself first what do you need because if you don't care about you or you don't put yourself first you can't do nothing else you can't care about everyone else no you're completely right and you know it can be something as simple as going for a facial Mm -hmm. or um, just painting your toenails you know I found that um, I was listening to either a sermon or a um, motivational talk and they were talking about you know how much attention have you paid to yourself to you you know how how much have you looked after you this week um, and it shall like, basically throughout the speech they were challenging the audience to think about what they've been eating and if they've brushed their hair if they've had a full night's sleep you know all these things I look at my feet and I know I haven't paid attention to myself and and I started realizing that I haven't even drank water in ages Mm. (laughs) 
like you have to look after yourself because it's going to affect so much and that's another thing once you turn 30 or I'll be honest even at 25 if we're talking about after 25 you start to realize so much about your your body like knowing yourself mentally is one thing, but also listening to your body you know your gut what is my how thirsty am I how um how much sleep do I need mm-hmm. you know my body will tell you you know um and if you pay attention to it you're already halfway there exactly and that all kind of manifests into so many things into if you're not okay it's kind of like it's for you as a married woman it's how do you put how do you bring the best of you into your relationship how do you like be the best person in that situation because if you're not looking after yourself you're not presenting yourself to be the best of yourself to the person you're living with and ah living with someone if you're not good it's not easy it's a whole different ball game entirely and sometimes I joke with my friends that oh my gosh I feel sorry for my other half because I haven't shaved my legs (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah and when I don't shave my legs I don't feel you know I don't feel my best self and therefore I'm just not presenting myself in a an attractive way and you have to especially when you're married you have to keep the flame alive as as much as you can absolutely I'm not I'm not married but my parents have been uh, they've they've been married for like 30 years plus and my mum is always that one she's always like listen you have to stay sexy stay sexy and for her it's whatever that sexy is to you like if it's you getting your hair done keep doing it if it's you looking after your skin if it's you buying nice clothes like if it's you going to school whatever makes you your you she's like you have to keep it in a marriage because 34 years she's like it's not easy Mm, so she's like stay she's always like stay sexy every day I'm like mom how you okay she's like I'm sexy I'm like okay (laughs) yeah mom (laughs) so like so she she's always been about do things that will make you the best of you like from a woman who's in a marriage she always says that um like you can't find that in him do you know what I mean like I, I love that my husband does make me feel sexy and makes me feel um, intelligent and you know um, makes me feel like I'm a funny person <laughs> but oh, bless I, see this is it laugh up my jokes feed me look after <laughs> me and you're a keeper and I uh, leave dishes at my plate for dinner and stuff but I need to know that I can provide for me mm-hmm. you know I can look myself I can I need to look after me that's so no I get that I think those those are really good points um what I do so Obviously, my favorite part of everything I always tell my guests is the skincare and how that has evolved for you now that you're in your 30s. Like, when did, like, your relationship with skincare start? Has it been something that's always been there with your mom or? Definitely not. Um, I would say that, like, growing up in a Congolese household, um, skincare any the only thing that was really spoken about when it came to skin was the complexion Mm -hmm. and the light Mm -hmm. um most of the time if I heard compliments dished out it was usually to like light skin aunties yes you know like oh she's so pretty like she's so you know her skin this or skin that or she bleaches or she bleached too much or you know this person got skin cancer like it was always about bleaching Uh you know it was a hundred percent um in the Congolese community so I don't know um I don't know if that made me 
I don't know. I don't know if that made me get gave me as particular attitude towards skincare, but that's all I really knew about skincare yeah. growing up. All you can do really with it was change its color. Totally, exactly. Yeah. So I can honestly say I got into skincare properly um, about two years ago. Um, and that was mainly because I knew I was getting married and I just wanted to, be you know, best. just, yeah, just be the best and um, make sure. So I've read like all these bride to be blogs and they'll talk about, you know, skincare routines and, you know, planning a wedding, especially if you're doing it yourself, it causes a lot of stress mm-hmm. and on your face with wrinkles and dark marks and all of that. So I started think, you know, being careful about the products I was buying, actually reading ingredients as well. Yes. And getting familiar with what does what as as best as I could you know it's still trial and error because I'm only two years in um and I'm so inconsistent with things <laughs> but I'm trying um but yeah so I think I would say yeah so it, you know growing up it was more about bleaching and blah 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 even though I never touched it mm-hmm, me it was... too but that's all that's all you ever heard of I I don't think I ever heard my mom say oh my skin feels uh, dehydrated or it's I have I've used a retinol I oh never never ever, yeah, ever. my mom when you say when you tell her all this she's just like everything you're doing to your face one day it's gonna fall off that's <laughs> that's that's her me adding vitamin c and sunscreen to her is too much that my face is gonna fall off that's her. yeah for my mom it's like what is this concoction you're doing and i'm it's literally aloe vera and <laughs> <laughs> what what else do you think it's not poison like relax but um yeah and you know, it's quite sad because you know I, I went to Congo for the first time when I was 14 and I'd see all these posters of like light-skinned women and you know skin lights and clear woman and all of this and that is literally the only conversations that were being had about skin yeah. and I think in a way I was really lucky that I went to a school that um, there was a lot of people that looked like me, a lot of black kids. Um, and I was quite happy in my skin. You know, I, I did also know that, you know, there was this light skin privilege and really dark skin girls were called Blake or really mm-hmm. dark skin boys. Um, but that was more of a problem of, of, of colorism, which is still being, you know, which is still being undressed and unpacked today. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say, so I got engaged, I started looking at ingredients and things like that. Um, and then I'd say mm, late last year, I got myself an esthetician. Okay. And I thought, right, I'm going to be doing this facial thing. Like I'm on this facial thing now. Like this. She's leveled up. It's not right yeah. work now. <laughs> no, let's, let's, um, stop doing this on my own and trial and test, like trial and error. Um, this this experiment thing uh, let me get a proper esthetician you know she can do my facials and understand my skin yeah we can give you like a good starting point I think that's I think some people fake kind of move away from skincare because they don't really know so I'm always like mm. go and get the help they're there like go and get it if you don't know where to start go and find someone a hundred percent and or, or you know learn what you can online so I started understanding that right it's not it, it makes zero sense not to wash my face when I've worn makeup the whole day. Mm-hmm. You know, I need not just wipe, but I need to wash my face. I also need to wash my brushes and my products, you know, clean hygiene is such a big thing yeah. as well. 
into skincare. Um, and then I linked up with the esthetician and she basically stands for a three-step um, skincare routine of cleanse, tone and moisturize. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and she started helping me unpack what my skin is telling me um the areas that I'm dry I'm more dry than oily okay. um just oily around the nose um so she would recommend products and you know is she, um, a, is she, is she a black woman she's not but okay. she has I think I think she said something like 80 percent of her clients are black that's it that's all we need to hear that's it because <laughs> if, you're kind of cis then. You you're know kind what of... I mean? it's kind of like if even if you're not cis just know how to deal with cis that's all we're asking yeah. like I always make yeah. the point of that I'm like even if you're not a black woman fine but you need to know black skin I want you to know it I don't want you to experiment with my skin because I can't reverse especially with dark skin scars ah yeah. they are here and to that's... stay so please just know about my skin that's all I'm asking yeah, so I um I used a lot of like our wedding gift money to um invest in like my skin and Smart I thought right girl, I, yes I was like right I this is gonna make me feel good you know sometimes you have to invest in yourself mm-hmm. to make you feel good and I was like right cool I want to um I want to see how I, I want to find a solution for these dark marks so I scar quite easily um, quite badly I should say um and I it was probably my greatest insecurity and so when I spoke to the esthetician she was like right we can we can do something about this you know we can um I can apply a really aggressive green pill mm-hmm. and, um you know the the pills that basically you have it, it gives you about you have to give it about a five-day downtime and it really sheds your skin right which one is this which pill is this one um I'll get the name of it it's for it's under the Dr. Shramek. Okay, okay. Um, um so Dr. Christine Shramek is such a, a great green pill and um it removes the first layer of your skin. Um and then you, if you keep going back and doing it, you continue to shed these layers. Um and therefore it gives you like a, a really nice smoother complexion oh. and yeah, and it promotes, you know, healthy skin growth underneath. So I saw results pretty much straight away. Yeah, because so. those pills, it's, I think, because with products, it's taking time to shed those. It's the top layer that you're trying to shed. But with skincare products, it's going to take longer, like for it to work six weeks, 12, like, it takes longer. But with those pills, it is it's just removing the skin that you don't, you no longer need. Oh, literally it removes all your sadness all your debts all your-, <laughs> all your insecurity you see it on the floor you see it on the floor uh, it's very it is quite a scary process because you know you have to be careful about staying away from the sun mm-hmm. you have to um you know like it is quite sensitive to touch but I was serious about this um treatment you know I was like right I'm gonna do it properly you can't wash your face for five days because oh, um, I, I, I haven't done a pill yet as much as I'm, I'm looking into it, but for me, I'm so undecisive. I've been researching for years. So mm. I really want to do one because I'm a believer. I haven't done it myself, but I'm a believer. I see it and yeah. I'm like, me and you one day, I will do this. Yeah, I definitely recommend, if dark marks is, is your thing, um, then I definitely recommend any esthetician that works 
with the Dr. Christine Schrammick products. It's a very, very good green pill. Um, and like you, I have to research something inside and out mm-hmm. before take the first step. How so, long is the downtime? How how was it like? Five days. No, just five days and you're, you're clear. So I've done... Um, I've done three treatments so far, um, all spaced out. So I did one treatment, a three-week break, and then another, and a three-week break, and another. Um, and I've not done one in a couple of months now because of lockdown, mm-hmm. you know, and she got quite busy as well. Um, but I'm definitely going to do another one. And I've, you know, being in lockdown, you kind of, it made me face my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time to really... Yeah, I I couldn't just like get up and apply makeup and leave the house. It was like, right, I need to go barefaced. It yeah. makes me feel- Do you know what? Yeah. It's that barefaced. I love going barefaced. And it's not even like it's a cocky thing or oh, I don't need to wear makeup. It's just, for me, it's I sacrifice sleep over makeup. With a kid, I want to sleep longer. I don't want to put mm. on makeup. But then there's that extra confidence that I feel that I can just put on my sunscreen and go. And I'm no yeah. longer worried about dark spot. Like my skin is far from perfect, but it's to a point when I'm like, no, I bet if to mm-hmm. see me with makeup, it's it's special occasion. Even baby daddy doesn't get that all the time. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm one person who I enjoy bare face now, and that's because I've been looking after my skin. A hundred percent. So um, sunscreen is a, a great topic as well because mm-hmm. you know I I didn't really start using it until until when um maybe early this year since yeah. january every day. it's because we don't it's because i always like i'm frustrated with the whole spf talk especially when people are trying to make black women like oh you weren't using it before no you wasn't including us in the conversation when you were talking about wear spf every day so we yeah. were then dealing with our own cultural ideas that oh black people don't need it like we yeah. don't need it like those are things that we've been we've got ourselves to blame for but also the beauty industry and the ski care industry and the cancer association they haven't mm-hmm. included black women in the conversation of skin cancer and that's mm-hmm. that's the issue and a lot of us have only started getting into it because we've had to do the work ourselves we've had to research ourselves like black dermatologists have had to do the work in getting that message across to us because brands are not talking to us like my mom when I tell her about SPF to her it is just pure madness you are just talking madness to her and I'm sorry like it's I blame the I blame these brands because they haven't included us in these conversations so a lot of us didn't know that we had to wear it every day even in winter Mm. I oh, know it's it's crazy. It's actually crazy that um we've been left out of so many conversations when it comes to beauty products. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Um, so what do you use in between your pills? So like what what kind of brands are you using at the moment? So for sunscreen, I'm using a brand called Helio. H E L I. Um, I really enjoy that product. Actually, it's it's really light. Um, it's lasting me quite a long time and um it's just a nice you know some products are just nice to apply so you just squeeze yeah. it out it's really really nice well, i like here so. i think they've got a body one as well i you i in the summer i bought the body one spf 50 from here mm. yeah i love that um i also am using the dr shramek so i'm still continuing with some of their products mm-hmm. uh, they have a um I think it's called a white Miller um, product okay. for 
skin uh, for dark marks, which is really um, really helpful. I do like Medicaid products. Yes. Um, I'm I'm seeing how I get on with it because I've only just started using the cleanser, so the clarifying foam. Um, so I'm I'm kind of testing that one out. And what else am I using? I'm just trying to I'm not trying to use too many products. So for um, cleansing is the Medicaid. Um, they have a really nice retinol cream, which I use in, at nighttime as well, which is quite nice. Um, for toner, I'm using Simple, but I'm I'm trying to, I'm hoping that I can be recommended a product that is less drying. Yeah, because Simple, I haven't used Simple, but I always find, I don't know, I, I don't know, me, I'm an acid girl. I love things, I love things that are like quite acidic, salicylic, mm-hmm. because I'm, I break out. I've got very acne skin. So I try mm-hmm. and find things that will help me exfoliate, especially with the toner. Mm-hmm. But right now I'm using this um, rose rose water t- toner. And that's been really mm-hmm. good. Oh. Yeah, that's 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 been helping. Um, what about... Uh, Have you, are you familiar with the um, Dermaquest pro- products? They're quite acidic. No not familiar with it but I'll have a look maybe because that's another thing with me when it comes to names to brands I can I could be like okay I know this I know this but the name for me to remember some of the times I probably do I probably do know it um are you also trying are you finding yourself now trying to pay more attention to like black owned skin brands I am I think there's a lot more in the US um so I'm kind of like the next person that's going to America, I'm just like, yeah, can you um tell me your address so I can just ship everything? <laughs> no, bring it. That, I think that's the problem for us, like UK black women. There are a, there are a few black um, UK brands, but really a few. Most of the brands are all in, in America, and that tax mm. custom mm. is no joke. It's no joke at all. I think there are. Um, so I'm I'm involved in. Um, well, I'm part of a Facebook group that um, shares black businesses and things like that. And there's quite a few, um, you know, young entrepreneurs in there that make products, you know, beauty products at home and ship them out and things like that. But I think it's different when it's a, an established, you know, or it's a website that looks established, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and but yeah I think you're right sometimes we do need to pay attention to who we're buying from we're discovering so many brands that we thought were black owned you know be it hair products or skincare that are actually not you know um, the madness like some of the when I'm seeing the faces behind these brands I'm like this is as they say this is this kindoki have you ever (laughs) why did I even think Kanti was black can you believe it The, the way that I threw that away I was so angry I was like you weren't even working anyway like the one that killed me though, I know this is not beauty, but the one that killed me was super malt. The bondage, the bondage that black people have to super malt, who's giving it up, even though I don't like super malt personally. I know, right? But who's, you know that. who's giving yeah. that up? I think I what's so hard and what I've noticed is retraining your shopping habits. I think especially mm. when it comes to like black brands if you're trying your best to buy from black brands don't buy things last minute because unfortunately right. the space is not yet catered to black brands where you can just buy things last minute because you need yeah. to research to find them yeah. Like, yeah and I think that's my frustration when it comes to um 
black skincare brands. There's some out there, but you can't find them. So you research. And sometimes you run out of cleanser. Like I'm not spending three days searching for a cleanser. I need a cleanser. So where do I go? I just go to Beauty Coat. I go to Liberties. I go, I go to Harris. I buy my cleanser and I come home. Whereas if you want a black brand, look, like spend a couple of days looking because they don't have the luxury of being everywhere. A hundred percent. I think you're completely right. Um, there was, a, I think on the first Black Pound Day, I was thinking, right, if I'm going to buy black, you know, seriously, um, and not just like off by chance, I would love it to be a product that I'm going to keep buying. Mm-hmm. You know? um, so I started looking for black owned toothpaste. Hun, zero. Are you, are you still there? Are you still researching? Because... <laughs> I was like, honestly, why are there like two big ones in America and like none that I, I mean, if anybody knows anyone that has black toothpaste or black owned toothpaste, please, please hit please, me up. Please, pass on the details. I want my in bulk because that toothpaste, you, you always need it. It's different from, it's even different from a wig. It's different from, it's a different thing. Like you actually need that every day. It's not a garment. It's not. Um, it's not even like furniture I could buy because you see it every day, you might use mm-hmm. it every day. It, it would be nice to have um, a necessary purchase. Yeah, those me. small little things that you can just get. I need someone to have a website where the the transition from buying to America and coming to the UK is easy and I'm not spending a lot on tax, I'm not spending a lot on delivery because yeah. that delivery and tax will put you off. Like mm. I tried to buy a serum that was fifty pounds, and I was like, fifty light work, like that's mm. fine. And then I went to the checkout. They said postage and packaging is twenty pounds. Oh, I was like, on... twenty pounds for one item. Collects bag. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what, sis? I I really want to where you're just like okay I'm done here yeah, did you oh, know what I, mean? I was just like I shut my laptop I said no you people like you're you're testing me because how am I going to spend 20 pounds on one item for delivery so I think that's definitely if anyone is thinking of how to make black women's life easier just make the whole buying from America black brands anywhere international just an easy easy thing because we don't we need to like have a mix of brands where we can just get to it it has to be easy for us yeah 100 it's just 100%. so it's just so hard to shop um but right now with your with your skin what's one thing that you're apart from um like with the um, black spots and dark marks what else mm-hmm. is something that you kind of concentrate about because i'm trying to trying to get my skin nice and hydrated i want to mm-hmm. look supple like a baby yeah, hydration is definitely a, a, um, an important factor, mm-hmm. whether oily skin or dry skin. Um, my the, my current go to is the Declaw um, Paris Hydrofloral. Yeah, it comes in a cute little like tub, and I find that it's just nice, lightweight. Um, I do. I'm definitely a big fan of serums as well. You know, just like natural glow, like slap, slap on the gloss, babe. You know, literally, just, that's what it feels like. It literally feels like you're just putting on gloss. I just want to look like a seal. I just, <laughs> I just want to look like a dolphin. To be honest, um, honestly, I don't um, like. I want. I don't want anyone. I want people when they see me or see my skin. It's just I'm glowing. I'm giving you natural light. 
that's all I want. Yeah, so hydration is definitely a a key thing. And um, I've noticed as well, turning 30, or even before turning 30, that your food, so eating hydrating foods, attention to your pH balance and your, you know, the way your gut feels yeah. is really to what shows on your skin. Um, so yeah, hydration definitely um, next to the dark marks is, is something that I'm working on. Um, and I find that the older I get, I'm starting to spot like, I'm starting to notice like these random strands of hair. I'm like, what? I'm, I'm like, can we please discuss what mm. happened? There's this like, there's this one piece of chin hair that, oh. do you know how many times I pluck it in a week? I'm so angry. It regrows. Like, I, if I, when mine, it's 12 cousins come to the funeral. So <laughs> it, it literally just like comes and invites everybody I'm like what is going on well, I think I start laughing at myself because I'm like rah remember that auntie that you used to laugh at that that had mm-hmm. the chin hair I think sis yeah. just decided to, to she gave up no it's weird like your body the changes it makes as you get older like when I was younger my mom always used to say when you get older me too I will ask you because when I was younger I'd always be like mom what's that why is mm. your boobs like that? And then she'll just like, don't worry. When you get mm. here, me as well, I was I will ask you. So like now you're like, wait, so this man here, you don't want to go. Yeah, but I do I I'm happy that, you know, in our generation we have that luxury of like being able to Google treatments mm-hmm. and what people are calling tweakments as well. So if you want like a I don't know if you want a, a filler for to to help with your acne, for example, not just filler. Yes. You, know, you can do that, or if you want to, um, you know, have go under talks and things like. Mm-hmm. Can we have those conversations? Because that's also something that it's crazy to me. Because as black women, we don't we don't look at these procedures. We look down on it, or we're just like, ah, it's only for white people. No, mm. can we be for all like Botox and fillers and things like that? If it's done properly, mm. it will it will make your life. I've seen some procedures like I I haven't started makes, my need yet, but I'm I'm going. Botox is coming. It makes no sense to be like, oh yeah, I want to get veneers and no one bats an eyelid, and then it's like, oh, I want to get Botox. Like it's like, oh, who do you think you are? Isn't it? You know. As long as it's healthy and it's not because of a, you know, not because you're following a social media trend. If it's something that you think about every day and you feel like it will improve your quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. Do the research at least, yeah, you know. Because these are proper, proper, like this is, this is rich woman skincare. Me, I'm aspiring to be that. I want to be so casual that every couple of months I go and get a little, little Botox around the chin around the head area like I'm all for it I think that whole that whole notion that it's a white woman I'm like you people you're not living if it's done Mm. properly it is a life changer I've seen so many women like getting it done properly and it's not just it'll make you that whole notion that it'll make you look like you can't smile I'm like it's a lie Mm. it's a lie and I think we've come such a long way as um black British women Mm -hmm. from using the same cream on my body, on my face, you know. Can you imagine? <laughs> I just, I get so evil. 
you're using the same eighty forty five on your body that you use on your like oh, Vaseline. A, we we've <laughs> oh my goodness, like that tub of Vaseline honestly haunts me. But we've come such a long way, and I think it is uh, skincare in general just has to be about education, mm-hmm. you know understanding your skin type the texture um, understanding what products will will have what ingredients will it affect your skin tone is it bleach is it you know so there's some um, toner products out there that have um, the same ingredients as washing up liquid yes you you just have to be really aware I think it's an an awareness thing um but yeah I'm definitely up for like tweakments as long as it's coming from a safe mental space absolutely I don't think that nothing should ever be done because of pressure like these people if you follow them you'll change everything people are not happy with anything so Mm. don't bring that energy into my space like I've worked so hard to get to a stage where I'm like yeah I know I've got uh, I'm not perfect but in my head, I'm perfect. Everything that you don't like me, I am in love with it. These big lips, even me, love them to the fullest. These big, that like, I've got to that space where I love myself. So letting that energy into your space, it's not worth it. Like these tweakments can be done just to elevate you, just to give you that little, but it's for yourself, not for anyone it's for else. Absolutely. It, it's like, you know, you do these things because you love yourself, mm-hmm. not because yourself I think that's a difference that's healthy that really is healthy I think definitely I think I love that quote you're doing it because you do love yourself mm-hmm. like absolutely I love myself enough that wrinkles will not come and settle in my face for another 70 years so mm-hmm. I will also tweak um have you how's your husband with skincare have you passed that on to him is he following you or like my <laughs> one is like it's always like, it's like you another thing yeah no a little bit I think um he likes he appreciates that I look after myself you know you know if um if I even when I like um wax my eyebrows or you know paint my toenails he he likes that you know so he appreciates that okay sometimes it's gonna take me about 15-20 minutes to get into bed because I'm like (laughs) doing my routine do my routine um and then on the odd occasion I put my two pence two cents in and say look I think maybe that rash within your beard can be sorted out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll put my two cents in and be like, yeah, have you heard about this product? It's really good for them. For men, in it, I do that all the time. Sometimes he'll try it. Sometimes he'll be like, oh, this is just a fad. Um, But yeah, yeah, I think guys um, guys are starting to pay attention to like beauty products I or grooming want them products. To. I want them to pay attention so badly like with my uh, my little brother who's like 21 I always I'm like mm. okay if you're not going to do the serums and everything at least can you wash with another soap like you can't wash oh. the body soap and the face like that really you know like Vivi it hurts my heart when someone tells mm. me that they use body soap for their face mm. and do you know what it is such a like a, a village mentality in it. It's it, like our oh, black soap thing. Yeah, black soap cool, but it is gonna dehydrate your face. You need to come with some serum that will I counter want, that. I want my piece. I want our people to leave black soap alone. I oh. because our environment, maybe if I say it in this way, the environment that we live in in the UK, black soap is not for you. 
Maybe no. in Africa is different, but this environment that we live in, the pollution, the lack of sun, the everything that the stress of white people, black soap is not for you. So I just want people like just to give black soap a rest. Because a lot of people are not following up with, like you said, like black soap will dry you out, but you're not replacing it with hydration. You're then wrapping right. on coconut oil. Right. Why are you doing that? Like at least yeah. follow it up with like a serum, hydraulic, a B3. You're adding hydration into your skin. If you're doing all that, fine. Use black soap. But we know some of there's you a, are not. Yeah, there's a science to it for sure. Mm. There's a science. Like it's a bondage that our people need to break. Let's leave it alone. Like that one and black don't crack. I also think we should leave that alone because some of you are not doing what you need to do so it doesn't crack. Hun, my eyes. I went. Um, I did. Um, what do you call it? What do you call it? Like it's not three D. Oh, it's like ultra. Like a UV scan. Yeah. Anyway, so they had a look at a close look at my skin. I was being so extra on my engagement year. I was like, no, nah, I need to. You went in. I expired to be this. And then, um, yeah, so they scanned my face and they were like, oh, you're, you know, your skin is fine. Obviously, you've got like your pigmentation issues. But um, in terms of like aging, it's your eyes that would go first. Oh, my gosh. I was like, don't even. <laughs> as soon as I left that appointment, I went to Boots. I was like, right, give me all your eye creams. No, my eyes can't go first. What are you talking about? I even stopped laughing so hard. But... <laughs> Oh my god, my heart! Did you say you stop laughing? Yeah, I was like, no, I'm not laughing at people no more. <laughs> Please, this is, I didn't wrinkles to my, my eyes. Exactly, you your jokes are not worth it. Like God forbid. This is the thing. If you're not like, we don't see it because our mums have sold us all lies. These babes have stayed the way they look because they didn't grow up here. A lot of them mm. came here. They enjoyed their 20s. They enjoyed their later 30s in Africa. They had, they were good. Now they came in later to life. They're still fine. Mm. But we are dealing mm. with everything. So we need to look after it. Like, it, it will crack. Mm. We're dealing with everything in, in such a different way to the older generation. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, like, they had a lot to deal with. Like, my, my parents came with no English and all of no that. Nothing. Yeah, they had, you know, they didn't really grow up in a, well, they were poor. They came from poor families, um, but they still enjoyed life. Exactly. Whereas, like, we've, we're still, like, babies. We're, like, 13. (laughs) We're still, like, struggling to, like, get a mortgage and things like that. But um, we're dealing with so much at the same time. Social media, competition, this, that, work. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um. But I still feel like you're right. You know, people, the our, you know, parents and grandparents in Africa, they were they were chilled. When I go to when I go to Kinshasa, people just literally walk at snail plate pace. Good. Nobody's rushing anywhere. You know, this, the get, sun is too hot. Where are you rushing to? Where are you rushing to? They get to enjoy all that vitamin D. They just take their time. They're late for everything. You know, whereas. <laughs> Us, we've got I've got like five alarms set for today <laughs> you know that for me to remember something if it's not an alarm I will not like it has to make noise because your yeah. head is everywhere you're right like these that's why a lot of people in Africa they don't realize they'll be calling for money I'll oh, send this 
uncle, do you know that this person had to wake up at 4 a.m. to catch a bus? Like, they, you kind of, they don't realize just how stress-free they are. And it shows, it shows in their skin. If they're not bleaching, you can actually see someone's skin, especially in Africa. You can see, like, that's glowing. But us, we're here. So please look after your skin. Don't don't let our mums fool you guys. Like they had the luxury of having a little time. They didn't have social media to worry about. So please, especially use your SPF. A hundred percent. I I am one million percent sure that none of my cousins in Congo wear SPF. I, I me as well. I would even bet you on that. Hundred percent. None of them. None of them. And I think that's that's also why like these brands need to pay attention. There's a cultural language that you need to speak to people in because we've grown up not knowing about it, being told we didn't need it. And because we're from Africa as well, we don't know nothing about it. We've been bombarded with bleaching. And you know, mm-hmm. also these people are evil. If you really think about it, do you know what bleaching actually does to your skin as well? So you're telling us to bleach, but you're not giving us SPF to protect it. Mm, mm. it's very scary it's so scary and I think like that it's that skin education like we need to we need to have and we need to be included in all these spaces like I'm all about having women in especially black women in all these spaces because they get to bring the message to us because we're still having arguments about do I really need to wear it Like, how is someone telling me my aunt, my grandma didn't wear it? In 2020, you're still having that argument with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I cannot. Um, so anything else to do with skin? What is like, what's your favorite product at the moment? If you could only pick one. Oh, um, I would say the Helio. I, I really am enjoying that sunscreen. Um, I was also going to invest in... I think it's actually called Black Woman Sun, Black Girl Sunscreen. I was waiting for you to say it, yes. And I, yeah. I would really encourage you to do that. Um, it's really good. I can't lie. Um, I, for me, I also like when I have a little shine after I've like, used all my products. I just think, I don't know. I just think like I am glowing. I'm chosen from God. So <laughs> it gives you that. Like this SPF, it gives you a really nice shine. And it's, it doesn't smell bad. Mm-hmm. And it's no white cast. Like yeah, absolutely I'm done. definitely I'm absolutely sold. Yeah, that is basically my next purchase. I was waiting for my Helio to finish, but I'm enjoying the Helio. I just like the application, and it just feels good to my skin. I think that is one thing that the esthetician was trying to uh, challenge me to think about: what does your skin enjoy? You know, what what does your skin enjoy? Does it absorb serums well? Does it you know? Do you like foam? Do you like exfoliates? Do you like the texture? You know, some exfoliates can be really bumpy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know not harsh enough so it's it just depends on how you how you like uh, products to feel against your skin it's a bit like when you go and get a massage they ask you do you want it you know soft or do you want it um quite firm yeah so you, you know you need to understand what your skin enjoys but at the moment definitely I, I like the helio the dr shramic products i'd say you know if you've got the budget definitely go for that um i've got like quite a few products as a gift yeah um, i'll definitely go recommend that because uh, mainly because the green pill has been so successful for me i'm gonna look into that green pill i like i said i really mm-hmm. want to do a pill because i feel like it's it's i i believe it it's a game changer 
I really want to look into that, especially my, bir- mm. my birthday's coming up in October. So that might be mm. my little tree. And we're on lockdown. So what's the best time to do a pill than now? Yeah, 100%. Uh, the winter is the best time to do it um, because, you know, there's exactly. less much- sun. Yeah, um, I, there's a lot of do it at home um, kits, but I would recommend finding a professional mm-hmm. to actually apply it. Um, you know, just because you may not know just how aggressive or how intense the um, the acids and things like that needs to be. Absolutely, anyone doing a pill? Those I've watched too many YouTube videos. I don't know. That's also my favorite pastime to watch people their YouTube videos and reviews on pill like skin pills and you see people doing the home ones I'm like you don't love yourself how dare you put this on your face and ah you can't love yourself it can't be so definitely please guys like if you're going to invest invest properly and go and see someone a professional who knows because with a lot of this you have to have a consultation in the first place before they touch you yeah you need to you need to know what you're allergic to you need to know what you're reacting Mm to how much product your skin can drink if you break out if um because you know like th- these are the things they don't teach you in school like when you're on your cycle you know your your you might break out around your chin because it's hormon- hormonal you might break out on your head because of stress you might break out around your nose because of you know you're not brushing mm-hmm. your, your brushes brushing your brushes so there's so many elements to what your skin is telling you that you need to understand sometimes only a professional can do those analysis that that's level of analysis um before you actually spend money on products and treatment absolutely okay so one more question what would you say is the best thing of getting older like I asked all my guests I'm like what is one thing you're just like you know what this is it this is this is what like this is the best thing about after 25 oh it's all hard <laughs> give, give us something um I would say knowing your purpose uh-huh. yeah I'd say knowing your purpose because everything else um comes after that so you you get your confidence from that you get your um, your wife from that you know there's just it links to everything yeah. so you know when you you know yourself you're like right cool this is this is what I'm here for you know um that is a really fulfilling feel, feeling for me um, yeah definitely knowing your purpose because we weren't here by we're not here by accident you're really not here by accident um no matter what you're doing who your friendship group are, is um what your network is like how many people listen to your podcast how many people download your ebook you just don't know mm-hmm. who you're you know we're all linked um and we're all here created for a purpose so I, the older I get, the more I realize that okay cool I'll, I'm in the right place doing the right thing at the right time because xyz that's amazing no that's that's so true I think I would have definitely I think that's a good one to pick your purpose and it links like you said it links with everything once you have that figured out then it links with everything I think unless you know it you're just walking around headless so Mm. that's a that's an amazing one so first Fifi thank you so much I've had such a good time too what a great start to the day I'm still in my dressing gown but (laughs) 
<laughs> Listen, this is our lives. Me, I'm still in a t-shirt, no bra, and just no no trousers on. This is my life. <laughs> so this is a new norm. Apparently, it's our new norm, at least for the next six months. Mm-hmm. So we are exactly where we should be in our gowns and in our t-shirts. Still yes. getting things done. Um please can you tell the listeners uh where they can find you um the websites the instagram everything yes of course so my personal instagram is at fifi underscore london and you can find everything to do with the agency when you search at londonbeauty.agency and that goes for twitter Instagram and uh, our website is also londonbeauty.agency. Oh, that's cool. And is there anything coming up that you guys are doing that you want to promote, you want to push out there so everyone can go and look out or can they just find everything yeah. on the website? Yeah, definitely. Um, on We're going to be a lot more active on our social media because we've spent the last three or four months focusing on the content um, to release this masterclass. Okay. Um, it's a really, really exciting project. We have almost um, 20 educators under one curriculum, um, 30 to 40 hours worth of video learning, and it teaches up and coming and aspiring makeup artists, everything to do with the practical skills, the key practical skills they need, and also the business acumen and the marketing uh, skills. So please look out for that, support it. There will be several free webinars as well, teaching you for free um, before you decide to commit to the full curriculum. Ah, that's amazing. Again, thank you, Fifi. Guys, thank you for listening. I will try my best to be consistent because listen, lockdown is playing games with people's heads right now. But I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to subscribe, to like, to repost. Just tell everyone and I'll I'll have another show for you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you.